before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today, including Leonora, who's here in studio. Hello, Leonora. Good morning, Scott. So um, there's a lot going on today. We got the Nancy Pelosi uh, body cam, or actually the Paul, Paul Pelosi, Pelosi body, body cam. cam. <clears throat> that was quite a while ago now. It feels like, that, like that's ancient history. And the heat's coming down on Nancy Pelosi for her insider trading. Yeah. And then we have the big RNC vote. Yeah. The RNC chair vote. Right. And a big endorsement for someone other than um, Ronna McDaniel right. uh, came from DeSantis. So Charlie Kirk interviewed DeSantis. Um, we also have other, um, it, well, we're going to get to that too as mm-hmm. well. And uh, that is that DeSantis basically said we need change. Yeah, so new blood, I think, were, were, the, were the exact words he used. That's right. And change is not in the form of, a, well, change would be Lindell. Mike Lindell's the third runner-up. Right? But now, he, if, if he ends up taking votes away from Harmie Dillon, then... Mm-hmm then uh, Mike Lindell is a problem. Um, he should step. He should actually I, endorse uh, Harmeet Dillon. I think he point. could be a spoiler, so I think he should. He, he shouldn't be in it. Right. He's 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 way back in the. You know, he's way back in third place. Um, and um, the thing is, it's a secret ballot, and yeah. it's 165 uh, different votes or something like that. Yeah. And um, you know, if the RNC, the RNC is not going to get any funding from Trump supporters if they want to sink like a lead balloon. Yeah. But Harmeet, you know, represented Donald Trump. Yeah. And I guess in one sense, um, if you're, if you're uh, DeSantis, you don't want to give a glowing endorsement of Harmeet Dillon because Harmeet Dillon was aligned with Donald Trump. Yeah. So I guess he's, you know, but he definitely... 
doesn't want to be aligned with Ronald McDaniel. So he's darned if he does and darned if he doesn't, right? Yep. I mean, if he go, comes out and he says something nice about Ronald McDaniel, he's toast. Yeah. And if he goes out and says something glowing and nice about Harmy Dillon, um, or for that matter, Mike Lindell, because yeah. both are in line with Donald Trump, I think Mike Lindell is more of a Trumpian than uh, Harmy Dillon, but you know, Mike Lindell needs to stick to pillows and get out of politics. Well, that's it. You want somebody who has an understanding of how the political arena works, and you want somebody who can be taken seriously. And there's well, times you know, where I he lost, hasn't been taken seriously. I lost seriously. respect for. I love Mike Lindell's pillow products. Use Red well, State as your promo code. we have code. them. <laughs> Use Red State as your promo code. We also have his mattress, which yes. is super good. But other than that. Um, you know, the, the problem with Mike Lindell is he had that symposium and yeah. he was going to pay $5 million for this guy to blow the whistle and, you know, lift the lid off of, uh, you know, blow the case, right? And and uh, the guy didn't deliver. And, yeah. and then um, he was on uh, Jimmy Kimmel and Jimmy Kimmel asked him a simple question, what's an IP address? And Mike Lindell didn't know it. Yeah, and he was talking he about knows. the headers and and emails and things were coming in and I, all these different headers indicated what country they're coming from. You know, of course you do that with IP addresses mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah, and he didn't know that, and so here he is, the face of this technology, that he says is going to bust the case wide open, and he kind of hurt the cause more than he helped it. Yeah. He should have got somebody totally legit to argue his points for him. Um, just like if you were to go to court, you, you get an attorney. If you right. want a teeth cleaning, you hire a dentist. You yeah. know he, he should stick to pillows and hire people to uh, be the face of things. But he wants to be the face of everything, and I think that's one of his problems. Well, he still has you know he has a role. He you know he draws in a little bit of a crowd. It's just he needs to maybe so today, stay in his lane. Who would you pick, Ronald McDaniel, Harmy Dillon, or Mike Lindell? Harmy Dillon. Like, are you sure? Like, you're comfortable with that? Yeah. Okay, so am I. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not that difficult an argument. My feeling about it is Rona McDaniel's been in the role for a while. It is time to shake things up, although she did raise a significant amount of money. Amount of money but there have also been some issues. And every now and then, that role gets changed. It, you know, there's, there's got to be a new person in it because a new person in it brings new connections, brings uh, new, and there's also new associations. And sometimes people get negative associations that need to be shooken off. This is kind of funny. It says... Wow, this is Gateway Pundit, um, which I've gotten burned many times from the Gateway Pundit. I love their, you know, the, how they aggregate the news, but I think Twitter's a better uh, news aggregator mm-hmm. than than um, than uh, the Gateway Pundit. Um, and and the Gateway Pundit's just been wrong a lot. Yeah, and I've I've used them as a source for something, and the next thing you know, uh. It was wrong. It was proven wrong. Right. You know, they get their sources from a lot of uh, publications that are run by one person that's, you know, basically a, um, a you know, an independent researcher. Yeah. But you could always, you know, it's sort of like that confirmation bias when you confirm what you want to believe. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the headline here says, wow, latest poll. This is from the 26th of January, though. Uh, well, Wow, the latest poll shows Mike Lindell tops Ronald McDaniel 
and Harmy Dillon in Race for Republican Chair. <laughs> now, that's at odds with everything else I've, I've heard. Um, <clears throat> but this is, uh, well, this is interesting. Okay, so this is Rasmussen. Attorney Harmy Dillon and businessman Mike Lindell are challenging Ronna McDaniel to become chair of the Republican National Committee. Who do you support for RNC chair? What did most national GOP voters say? Is there a promo code for this? And so um, this was a... Is there a promo code for this? Yeah. That's the joke. Yeah. Most GOP voters want a new RNC chair. Okay. That's understood. Yeah. But um, I can't get into the data because I don't have access to that. But uh, every poll I've seen has Mm -hmm. harmed. And not only that, but the online Twitter polls. Mm Mm-hmm. Have hard meet at 90%. That's great. Now, the thing is, is that um, if the RNC continues down this road, uh, I think there's going to be some real problems. Um, so let's take a listen to this interview uh, with uh, Charlie Kirk, and then we're going to get to Biden's economic speech. Um, he made an idiot out of himself again. He, he refers to himself uh, jokingly as stupid. And then follows that up with forgetting (laughs) the guy he's introducing's name. He's done that before. But, okay, then don't joke about how stupid you are if you can't remember names. Like... Uh, you know, like draw and draw, like like frame your stupidity. Why like, don't like they he did give with, him cue cards? I mean, is there is there some reason why this man doesn't have cue cards? But yeah. like he did with Andrian King, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, J- uh, Martin Luther King the uh, third. Right. Martin Luther King Jr.'s son. Right. right. And it was his wife's wife. birthday. Yeah. And and basically, he's in an all black uh, uh, thing called the National. You know, it's an Al Sharpton outfit, right? Yeah. And he was like. What we do, where we're from, uh, we sing happy birthday. And then he sings happy birthday to Andrea uh, King and then can't remember her name. Yeah. I mean, how insincere is this guy, right? So we're going to listen to some clips there. But um, uh, So we're going we're gonna to go ahead and uh, play a couple of these clips. I didn't cue them up like I wanted to. Um, but here, check this out. So... It says, Governor Ron DeSantis tackles uh, ballot harvesting. We're going to listen to that clip. Um, Also, the change in RNC. Let's take a listen to that. So uh, I was a little bit ill-prepared today. (laughs) Yeah, I was. Uh, Do you you tell the teacher you aren't prepared? (laughs) No, you you, you don't do that. Yeah, You don't tell the teacher you're ill-prepared. You just bring them an apple and you keep your mouth shut. Yeah. All right, here we go. Right now, the RNC is meeting in Dana Point, California, and there are some questions of who should lead the RNC and whether it should be Rana for a fourth term or go a different direction with Harmeet Dillon. What are your thoughts on this? Well, we've had three substandard election cycles in a row, 18, 20, and 22. And I would say of all three of those, 22 was probably the worst given the, the political environment of a very unpopular president in Biden huge majorities of the people think the country's going in the wrong direction. That is an environment that's tailor-made 
to make big gains in the House and the Senate and state, house, state houses all across the country, and yet that didn't happen. And in fact, we even lost ground in the U.S. Senate. And so, you know, I think we need uh, a change. I think we need to get some new blood in the RNC. Uh, I like what Harmeet Dillon has said about getting the RNC out of D.C. Why would you want to have your headquarters in the most Democrat city in America, it's more Democrat than San Francisco is. So I think you get it in real parts of the country. You attract people who want to who want to live in those parts of the country, not D.C. insiders. But I do think we need some fresh thinking. And I here's the thing: just just practically speaking, you need grassroots Republicans to power this organization with volunteering and donations. I think it's going to be very difficult to energize people to want to give money, to want to volunteer their time with the RNC if they don't see a change in direction. Do you have any personal experience with the RNC? I mean, because they'll say that Florida was one of their great successes this last cycle. So we actually ran our election uh, assuming we weren't going to be involved with the RNC at all because they weren't raising the type of money uh, that they needed to be raising. And so our get out the vote, our ground operation, we funded that. Uh, we focused a lot on actually low propensity voters and we turned out a lot of low props, which is very, very good. So it was very successful, you know, but that was really being driven by our agenda, our accomplishments and us putting a lot of dollars behind this important ground game. You know, we, we worked, uh, Leonora, you and I worked with the Philadelphia GOP. Yes, we did. Time. We did. And one of the things was I worked with uh, some of the lists. Yeah. And we worked with a couple of uh, Philadelphia GOP leaders, and they have a database that will tell you, well, they call them super voters, and what, they had all I kinds of I think the super names. voters were the ones who voted in every election, and then you'd have other voters uh, that would just come out for national elections and, yeah, or gubernatorial elections. Yeah, but if they came out for the mayor, if they came out for the primary, if they came out for city council voters, right. you know, it, that would be called a super voter. And they had all that information, and um, you could really do a lot of great data mining on that kind of data. And uh, you know, it's just it's it's interesting um, how these things work. But you know, when he calls it low prop, low propensity, right? Yeah. Uh, to try to get them out because that's the that's the stuff you're leaving on the field that right. y- you know you need to use if you want to win elections, especially when they're rigged against you. Um, which is why they're so upset with what DeSantis is doing in Florida right now. Um, they're, they're suing. They're doing all kinds of legal maneuvers to try to uh, get access and manipulate uh, Florida. They got it pretty well down pat. But he was asked this question about ballot harvesting and early voting. And, you know, he kind of... Did well with the early voting. Mm-hmm. So, again, here's uh, DeSantis answering Charlie Kirk's questions here. Is it time for us to embrace early voting, in-person early voting, ballot harvesting? That was, that was a defining, that was actually, in some ways, a separating characteristic of your campaign. You did really well with in-person early voting. So here's the thing. Florida, uh, I work with the legislature, we ban ballot harvesting. I don't think you should have ballot harvesting. We ban Zuckerbucks. I don't think you should have Zuckerbucks. However, if it's legal in your state, 
You've got to exploit the rules as they exist. So in Nevada, if it's legal, Republicans need to have a ballot harvesting operation in these rural counties. I would do Zuckerbucks in these places. I think Zuckerbucks is corrupt as hell. Yes. But if it's legal and the Democrats are doing it, why aren't we doing it? So I would say whatever, uh, fight for whatever election reforms you think matter. And I would say ban ballot harvesting, do all that. But if it's not banned, you need to do it. Because otherwise we're fighting with one hand tied behind our back. If you have early voting, we need to tell people to vote uh, as soon as they can. And if you have absentee ballots, you need to tell voters to return absentee ballots. And we did that in Florida. And I'll tell you, a lot of the low props who we ended up getting to come out, a lot of them voted with absentee ballots. Really? So whatever the rules are, I think we need to go to the hilt on all of it because there's some people that may not go to a polling place, but maybe they'd be willing to put something in the mail. Now, you can support reforms. I don't think you should have mass mail balloting. And I would even say, you know, early voting, even though we did very well, I kind of like Election Day. But whatever the rules are, do whatever you can to maximize your performance. Bingo. That's yeah. me. That, that is my position a thousand percent. <clears throat> and it was also Trump's. I remember when... Trump said, I'm going to pay as little taxes as I possibly can. And, uh, you know, and they said, well, you put, you know, foreign steel in your buildings. And it's like, yeah, I had to or the building wouldn't get built. Exactly. He, you know, you have to go work with what you have. Yeah, you work with the, the, you know, if I'm playing against, you know, and that's that's brought up the whole argument about Lance Armstrong and his seven tour de France's. And uh, I'm, I'm an, I love cycling. And um, the thing is. Uh, Lance, you know, if he didn't cheat, he wouldn't have even made the team. Yeah. He wouldn't be, you know, so he's going to lose $10 million, but he's going to keep at least $1 million, right? I mean, and you don't sell out for money, but if everybody is cheating, I mean, 98% of the people were cheating, then you're going to have to cheat too. And that's why I always said the people that you should be blaming are actually the people that are still in charge. Like, it's not necessarily the people that are breaking the uh, laws by playing by the street rules. Uh, it's the people that are in charge of the rules, the rules committee. And so the people that are heading up the Tour de France, they're still there. And it's yet, yet it's Lance Armstrong strong, and all these competitors and all these athletes that got the short end of the stick yeah. because they were trying to compete in a landscape that was created by the the leaders, the officials, and and sort of uh, cultivated this this uh, whole thing of uh, drug abuse and uh, performance enhancing drugs. So, you know, I I don't really you know put yourself in Lance Armstrong's shoes and say okay, well he broke the and the same thing that Dan, and I'm tying that to DeSantis and I'm saying. That, like, if you're in Nevada and the ballot harvesting exists, you're going to have to ballot uh, harvest the heck out of that uh, uh, group of people that you want to have access to. If early voting is the key, but like he touched upon, he said, "I totally am opposed to mass mailing." See, that's the problem. There, there is so many ballots that were being sent out and being picked up by collectors and then processed as Democrat ballots. And, you know, it sounds like, you know, on the brochure, it's this nice little young volunteer that comes, 
to help an older lady or someone at the nursing home fill out their ballot, but, you know, totally legit, and then picks it up and collects their ballot and does, you know, does the salad for them. It's sort of like, you know, helping the helping the uh, older lady with her grocery bag uh, who has a cane uh, uh, walk across the street is one thing, but, you know, pickpocketing her along the way and stealing her groceries is another, right? Well, well, that's exactly it. And the other thing, too, about the ballots is there were so many of them that were mailed en masse to, like, large apartment buildings and other places where, and you know... And harvesters would just pick those they up. They would just pick them up. You know how when you... It's mail you, fraud. When you see a ma- the mailbox area in an apartment building, people leave the discarded mail that's not theirs. That was happening all the time where ballots and other things were being left around for other people to, you know, scavenge. So Harmie Dillon uh, responded to that interview and she said, millions of Republican voters, grassroots activists, donors, influencers and elected officials are calling for a change in leadership at the RNC. I'm working every vote. The election is uh, today and my campaign has the momentum. Let's take a listen. You know, I think we need uh, a change. I think we need to get some new blood in the RNC. Uh, I like what Harmeet Dillon has said about getting the RNC out of D.C. Oh, there's, a, there's an endorsement. Okay. If you're losing, get out. We cannot award incompetence. We have a responsibility as a party to fix what is wrong so that we can win elections. This is politics. It's all about winning and losing elections. And since we've lost in three successive election cycles, we must change or we're going to lose in the next election cycles. All right. And that concludes our Harmy Dillon RNC chair election day coverage. coverage. Okay. <laughs> Time to talk about something else. You, we did our part. Um. Yeah, well, you know, we we talk about globalism a lot here, and I'm so sick and tired of the subject because they're just such evil monsters. Yeah. You know, I just, <laughs> I can't say enough bad things about globalism. I, I mean, I literally can't. I will be probably 98 years old here at the mic talking about how I dislike globalism. I'm wondering if you're still going to be sitting at a mic at 98 years old. Wouldn't you have something else so. to do? <laughs> I hope so. I hope not. I'm not going anywhere. Why would I go anywhere? Yeah. No. So what's this story here? It says, is this how 2024 is going to be? Joe Biden makes joke about himself being stupid. Then gets congressman's name wrong in speech of shouts and whispers saying Republicans want to be a party of chaos and catastrophe. Biden accused Biden accused Republicans of wanting to cause chaos. Okay, simply by what arguing the point. Yeah. yeah. Um, but his, you know, that's the thing. You're a terrorist if you actually dissent from, you know. I mean, should we say it? I mean. The thing is, is that we all got banned for questioning COVID and vaccines and the clot shots. And you get banned if you say the word clot shot, you, you know, all these things. And then Project Veritas comes out with this this thing, uh, this expose on Pfizer, which I think is probably one of the biggest 
you know, biggest things we've seen in a long time. Oh, absolutely. And not one media outlet is covering it. And if you Google, you know, something like Pfizer and uh, the guy's name, it doesn't even come up as project. Like they're banning it. They're filtering. They're censoring it. Tucker Carlson uh, did a great job exposing that last night. His whole open, his first third of his show was about that issue. Yeah. And credit to us. We played the clip yesterday on our show, uh, well before Tucker did. Yeah, we played that clip. He must be channeling you. No, you know, but we are we are covering cutting edge news cycles. You know, that's what we try to do here, yeah. right? And we give you know some sort of analysis to it. But we were ahead on that story, and um, I don't know, uh, but it, I think it's a huge story. Because it's gain of function at Pfizer. It's, yeah. it's unethical as can possibly be. And and not only that, there he clearly laughed about it and said, I'm probably, you know, we're making truckloads of it. Right. It's a cash cow, he said. It's a cash cow. Cash cow. I love that expression. Cash cow. And, you know, like basically it's a cow that you where you could just sell milk by the gallon, right? Oh, uh, so that's the etymology of that. Okay, I never quite got that. What was a cow, cow going to do? Walk around with? Cash? I'm guessing, <laughs> but you know, I have an advantage because growing up, I actually milk cows. I for, know you told me for a buck fifty an hour, a farm down the road. Oh, I thought you did it for free. Oh no no no! I uh, and you bailed. I hay. was a farmhand. Yeah, in the summer I bailed hay. Uh, each wagon was about a hundred bales. Each bale was about 100 pounds, and we used to have to take the wagons that came in from the field. And, you know, me and my young buddy, uh, and we used to stack the barn with these bales of hay. Yeah. My God, that was a hard job. <laughs> See that? Yeah. Who needs a gym when you're doing that? Oh, no, <laughs> you did not need a gym. But I was a wrestler at the time, and I looked at every day as... Um, you know, as basically a great workout yeah. in the summer. Yeah, yeah. And um, I would go through farm gloves like every two days. Uh, they would be worn out. And um, and then the dust in your nose mm-hmm. uh, would just come right out. It was an unbelievable job. I loved it. It was one of the great experiences of my life. But Aww. it was it wasn't a great experience at the time, although we loved it. We were, you know, young and Young and dumb, I guess. I don't know, but uh, it was a lot of a uh, lot of work and um, <clears throat> a thousand bales a day. Yeah, stacking a thousand bales a day. Well, that's good exercise. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but in the in the um, in the winter, you know, we milked cows. We did uh, five in the morning and five in the afternoon, yeah. and uh, you'd go over. And I love the smell of the cow manure, Aww. and, and uh, you know, uh, we had the silo and then the silage. Yeah. We had the mm-hmm. Uh, corn feed there was an interesting story that that makes this reminds me of you know about the chickens right mm-hmm. yes you, uh, about about what what what's been happening with uh, the egg shortage and the uh, avarian flu that was impacting chickens yeah i want to play this clip okay this is an interesting clip because we all know the price of eggs is going way up right and i, I didn't i was not going to run this story until i uh, started to lament about yeah uh, my my farm days because <laughs> they were they were special special days. I, I love the I love farms, man. Um, I, I never really got to be the guy running the tractor so much. I I rode them when it was necessary. Hey, move that tractor over there. But I never got to work like the tractor. Like I was never senior enough to to do that. 
I was always just a, a scrub farmhand. There's still time. <laughs> There's still time, she says. Yeah, I don't think I could make it through a day mm-hmm. today. Um, but in any case, I'm trying to find this. Oh, right here. Here it is. Found it. All right. So you've heard of the chicken shortage. Yes. Uh, the egg shortage. Yes, because of the avarian flu, whatever. But this is interesting what you're going to play. Yeah, the avarian flu. What was it? I think it's like an avarian flu. It's a, it's a, a flu impacting the chickens, which are technically birds, you know, uh, you know, and that's what and that was what was causing uh, supposedly, um, you know, that they, they were either killing off the birds or, or the output of the birds was not good. So that's why we didn't get eggs and. So, you know, that's so, the theory. So here is the uh, post. And this is just from someone out in the Midwest. And she says, tractor supply, uh, tractor supply producer, producer's pride, chicken feed, has been recently altered, and its new formulation is causing chickens to stop laying eggs. Now, we've all heard Bill Gates say, you can reduce vaccine hesitancy if you you know, uh, put the vaccine in, in your food. And you're like, yeah. Well, that's sort of like forcing somebody to do something. Yeah, that's you, sort of like drugging you people. You could also kill, you could also you know, sleep with somebody if you put a Mickey in their drink, or you could also kill somebody if you put lace it with cyanide, yeah. right? I mean, give me a break. I can't believe that this guy said that, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, unbelievable uh, that he said that, really. I mean, think about it. It's like, are you... Yeah, he is, actually. He's 36 times he went to uh, have <laughs> hang out with Epstein, right? Yeah. But this is, um, this is interesting. So she, she's basically saying that the fertilizer, it's a new formula. It's causing chickens to stop laying eggs. Now, apparently, and I don't know diddly about chicken eggs and when they lay eggs, and like uh, apparently in the wintertime, they so they didn't, they didn't teach you all that on the farm. No, we we did um we did well. I worked on a dairy farm where we had Holstein cows, mm-hmm. and then I worked on a beef farm where we bailed a lot of hay. Yeah, um, and uh, I also castrated pigs, and uh, male ki- pigs were aggressive toward the baby pigs, and we had to get the baby pigs from the big sow. Yeah, and the sow had a big ring in her nose, and we were afraid of uh, getting eaten by the big sow. Mm-hmm. And so then the, the head of the farm, you know, showed us up and said, uh, he goes and grabs the two little piglets. We had to get about seven of them. And we couldn't get them. We couldn't get, we can't get them, boss. And uh, he went and got two. Yeah. And he said, you get the rest. <laughs> <laughs> we were just young hands. But in any case, here, take a listen to this. Tractor supply producers pride, chicken feed, has been recently altered, and its new formula is causing chickens not to lay eggs. This sounds legit, but, you know, she's even calling it a chicken conspiracy. Let's take a listen. With the egg situation, everybody keeps asking me, why is the price of eggs so high? Everybody knows that they are extremely ungodly right now, right? Well, here's a chicken conspiracy for you that's not really a conspiracy. It's being confirmed not only here in our house but apparently all over the nation and nobody said anything about it because we all just assumed it was winter they stopped laying in the winter as much and come to find out that everybody across the nation stopped getting eggs from their chickens 
all together. Nobody got a single egg all winter from there. Everybody's reporting end of September to like mid-October, the chickens stopped laying. And ours stopped laying in September. We hadn't had a single egg all winter. Well, we discovered we have a little escape artist here, Luna, our white leghorn there. She can get out of the coop and just, we can't contain her. Anyway, she started laying again about a month ago. And we discovered that, well, that's weird. She started to lay and nobody's laid in months. Like we have gone months. Here you go, Margo. We've gone months without any eggs at all. So we started looking into it. And then finally somebody said something in one of the chicken groups and they were like, hey, is anybody else's chickens not laid a single egg? Because we've had them for 50 years and we've never gone a winter without a single egg. Not one, not one single egg. Well, we started letting our chickens out and to free range. We usually feed them. You can see they're not even touching the feed anymore. Like this has been here for three days. They don't want it. And apparently everybody who's been feeding their chickens this type of feed has stopped getting eggs altogether. So people who aren't able to let their chickens free range or can't run around the yard at all, aren't getting any eggs. Kind of convenient when eggs are the price of, I don't even know, gold at this point, I guess. But yeah, so let's check over here and see if we have any today where they've been out. We had to keep them up yesterday. Yeah, look at here, there she is. She was laying. I was calling for one, she didn't come. So we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven eggs today. Seven eggs, yes, I know it needs cleaned. Seven eggs, seven eggs in one day. We haven't had any for months, months, y'all, months. Feed, it's the feed. Everybody's saying it, it's the same thing all across the nation. If you ask people, we're finally figuring it out. So maybe we can kick this egg thing. All right, and that concludes our farm segment. <laughs> we spent a lot of time talking about the farm. <laughs> it's kind of fun, right? It is fun. Um, it is fun. Well, that's an interesting theory. And it, again, it goes back to what you were just saying. Scary, and, you know, the scary, whole. It's scary. It's scary. It's the whole Big Brother thing. I mean, you know, you talked about this years ago in, you know, writers like Aldous Huxley and George Orwell talked about big brother they talked about test tube babies they talked about all these things that came to fruition and the idea that somebody could be putting something in your brain or in your um, digestive system is not outside the realm of possibility because you know when you start thinking about it in terms of a conspiratorial uh you know framework you say okay well wait a moment okay so there's eggs all right so if somebody the eggs are going into food that we're um we're eating in places okay is this restaurant and this distributor and this uh other organization in on it so we're and the vaccines in there i mean you could take this train chain of thought law and keep going with it yeah so it's not like i said it, it sounds a little conspiratorial a little you know do 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 but the reality is is there is some possibility to all of it and that's why people are fearful of you know the government telling you what to do because there's a perception that the government could be making you do things and you're just not aware of it uh, absolutely all right so we got a couple of other topics we want to cover today one we're going to cover by the biden uh, bidenomics I like to call it like Biden inflation or whatever. Um, inflation's gone down a little, but that's only the only reason why inflation's gone down, folks, 
is because of the stimulation. Uh, well, it's yeah, okay. It's tricky because it's the it's the injection of cash into the economy that's causing the inflation. Yeah, that's number one. But there's a short term fix and then a long term problem, and all this spending that they're doing is kicking the can down the road. It's camouflaging. It's camouflaging. It's disguising the real economic turmoil with fake money. So everything's hunky-dory. It's sort of like somebody living on, um, driving a a Rolls-Royce that's a rental and saying that they own this in the house and, and this is all their equity. But they're really just fleecing money, right? Yeah. I mean, they're just, I mean, getting compl- like a Drano. And, um, and the other one uh, analogy would be that they're just basically living on borrowed time. Yeah. Like, they're, you know, the bank is, someone g- goes out and gets a $100,000 loan to invest in the future of their business. Yeah. And next thing you know, they take the $100,000, they buy a couple of pinky rings and a gold chain, and they go down to the local bar and they act like Mr. Big Shot. Yeah. And, you know, just for a short time uh, uh, fix that, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm successful, I'm, I'm rich, um, uh, and uh, aren't you going to love me? Yeah. And then next thing you know, uh, doomsday happens a year later. Yeah. Right? So it all looks great. It's like patchwork. <clears throat> it's sort of like patching the leaks in the boat. But, yeah. You know, duct tape isn't going to fix the problem long term. And um, those are three analogies I gave toward this. But Yes. Um, that's what's really happening. And so we're not feeling the pain yet. But we are going to feel it with every month and every stimulation and every spending and every debt ceiling and all of these things we're going to end up feeling it yeah and you almost wonder you know some people say 9-11 was an inside job i saw a meme yesterday doing some research on something and um and they they said you know what if uh biden were to blow up you know you've heard of um cloward and piven yes you heard of saul Alinsky. um you know uh, tear it down so you could build it back up what if they were starting a nuclear war with Russia and then they pop a bomb right on Washington? Yeah. And who's, who's to say? And, and then they blame Russia yeah. uh, for the bomb. Uh, but they get to then rebuild uh, Washington, maybe the same way they build Chicago after yeah. the fire. Yeah. Chicago had a fire. And next thing you know, Chicago is known for one of the uh, nicest, most beautiful architectural designs mm-hmm. uh, of any city going. And in part because they got a chance to redo the whole thing, right? After the fire. Well, <clears throat> so we, we were going to be getting to the business side of things later in the show, but this is um, something else that's going to happen today. Paul Pelosi's video, or yeah, the body cam video is going to be released yeah later today sometime the other thing that's going to be released is the um five black cops that killed the black man in the, fe- memphis, the fedex tennessee, worker yeah in memphis tennessee and um <clears throat> they're going to release the footage of that today 
So look forward to, if you're in the Memphis area, look forward to potential for riots. And I think that these things wouldn't, uh, I don't think you would have riots. But I think that the media, they want to see riots because they can talk, they can bring up the whole thing about defunding the police. Because in this case, it's not going to be black on white. It's black on black. Yeah. So uh, they're going to figure out a way to to bash the police. And the liberal media is going to jump all over it. And they're going to basically stoke the flames almost as if you're in a schoolyard. Yeah. And say, oh, you're going to take that? They just called you. They said something about your mama. You know, and it's like, oh, I have to do something now. And then a fight ensues. Yeah. And that's exactly what they're doing. As soon as they bring the cameras out, people want to come out and stir up trouble. And there is a fascination should... with looking at the most violent of these videos and just peep and they play it over and over again. They'll tell you it's shocking. If we had t- responsible media, they would not show that video. They would say this is a local police info- uh, police uh, uh, situation. And they wouldn't send the media out. The media should be black. There should be a blackout of that. And I guarantee you, you would not have, because nobody's going to do what they do unless they get a camera on it because they think that somehow they're going to make some change. Yeah. And I wish that we could do that experiment one time. And that sort of happened with um, Dylan Root, Root, Roof. Yeah. Remember when he killed the people in the black church? Yes. And Al Sharpton was going to Freddie Gray and Al Sharpton was going to Michael yeah. Brown. Yeah. And, you know, and so was Eric Calder and, and Barack Obama. And they were all stoking the flames of racism. And then in South Carolina, they said, don't come here. Yeah. And they didn't. And, uh, and they didn't have any problems. And again, that's, yeah. I think that's the best example I can come up with. Yeah. All right. So we got a segment here that we're going to play. It's from Hannity. We don't play a lot of Hannity because we're not big fans of Hannity. But in this case, he's talking about Paul Pelosi. And uh, it's kind of interesting because I don't know the. I didn't really know the details of this too much. I haven't been following that yeah. case too much. But it is going to be interesting video, to say the least, um, to see whether De Pepe did is truly the bad dude or whether Paul Pelosi's into some weird stuff. Who knows? <laughs> I saw something trending that said something about Grinder, and uh, I have no idea why that was trending, but it was trending at the same time that Paul Pelosi was trending. Oh, so <laughs> you wonder if he met the Pepe on Grinder, right? And Grinder's yeah. supposed to be this homosexual hookup thing. Yeah. You know, like a... A, a dating app like a sort. tinder or something yeah but for for um for the other dudes yeah for, for the other dudes. i don't know we expect the paul pelosi body cam footage and 911 audio call to be made public for the first time following the attack at the pelosi home that was late last year now nancy pelosi told reporters today she has not seen the video does not plan on watching the video But releasing the tape is critical because, remember, there are still many things that we don't know about that night and a lot of things that don't make sense. Did Paul Pelosi move toward or away from the officers? Uh, What did he say to them? Why didn't he seem more concerned about the presence of an intruder in his home? 
My next guest has exclusive information about what we're likely going to see and hear tomorrow. And joining us now is defense attorney Mark Garagos is with us. All right. So this is this is a weird case from the beginning. So Paul Pelosi makes a four minute call because an intruder is in the house. Four minutes seems like an awful long period of time if an intruder is in your house be, to be talking to 911. I have an intruder in my house. Send police immediately. Here's the address. Boom. Hang up and protect yourself. That didn't happen. Then the police show up. Paul opens the door. Hey, guys, how are you? This is according to reports. That's the way it reads. Come on in. He didn't say, guys, he's in there. He's in. Apparently, I'm told that the, the weapon might even be seen on camera. We'll find out tomorrow. Um, apparently, you talked to somebody that saw this. What are we going to see tomorrow, Mark? Well, what I'm told is, is that, and, and by the way, it's kind of interesting, the way this tape is coming out is news agencies had to sue in order to get the body cam released, which... Uh, for just one second, contrast that with what's happening down in uh, Tennessee in the Nichols case, where the police are going to release the body cam uh, front and center. One of the reasons for that is, and one of the reasons that the district attorney, in my opinion, has fought so hard not to release this, is it does not help the prosecution. And what I'm told is, is that it, the, it's going to it's going to ask more questions than it answers once you see it. And I'm told also that you can see portions of the hammer in, from the body cam and that one of the reasons, I, the only part of this that kind of befuddles me is I'm told also that the defense lawyer for this young man who uh, supposedly broke into the house has joined in not wanting it released. And that is somewhat kind of confusing or perplexing but, to me because by all accounts the person who was uh, who I talked to about this it says it it certainly raises more questions than it answers Mark, about what was going on you've been a, a high pro profile defense attorney for many many years now look if somebody is a victim and they have an intruder in their house I, my first instinct is going to be try to get to 911 if i can't i'm going to be in the business of protecting my home myself my family uh now if you get to make the phone call which apparently which we know he did and then the police show up it doesn't seem like a natural reaction to say oh come on in guys casually and then the attack according to reports, came in front of the police officers when he, you know, threw the hammer in the back of this guy's skull and nearly killed him. So that does not seem like normal behavior to me. If you have an intruder in your house, the cops show up, you run out the door and tell him he's in there and the cops go in and do their job. Does that seem normal to you? Well, you know, the the kind of the wild card here is that it appears from all accounts, I've never talked with the accused, but it appears that this is somebody who's got mental health issues. If that is true, I can see the 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 making the phone call i can see trying to humor this person i can see all of that the part that i join i'm joined at the hip with you on is once the police get there that's when you just beat cheeks out of that door i mean i don't get the hell out. you don't go back in you don't return you get the hell out especially if i'm 80 years old and i've just been awakened out of my sleep the police are there and i finally got help i'm not going to return back yeah he didn't seem scared yeah you know? And um, I think there was drugs involved. <laughs> I think there were probably drugs involved, too. Yeah, nothing good ever happens after, what did you say, midnight? After midnight, yeah. 
I don't know if it was me who came up with that. Somebody else did. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. Um, all right, so let's take a listen to this uh, con- Joe Concha. To write about it and to look into what else Paul Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi Stock had trades. done in terms so of... So this is another one. This is another Nancy Pelosi story about her insider stock trades. Inside information in order to make themselves even more rich than they already are. Here's an example, Liz. March of 2021. And these are either impeccable instincts or something else. But Paul Pelosi exercised options uh, to purchase 25,000 Microsoft shares worth $5 million. Okay? And then less than two weeks later... Later, wow, lo and behold, the U.S. Army disclosed a $22 billion deal to buy augmented reality headsets from, ding, 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 Microsoft. And shares of the companies, uh, their shares of the company rose sharply after the deal was announced. So either Paul Pelosi somehow knew this is just the right time to buy Microsoft, or perhaps his wife, the House Speaker, knew that that contract was coming down the pike. And there are other examples as well here. Overall, Liz... Yeah, they were talking also about Google, you know, uh, being uh, sued by the DOJ, and she sold 3 million shares. And they do big money, right? And it's like, isn't it kind of interesting that, you know, Paul Pelosi and Hunter Biden, these two, like, sex freaks that get drunk and wreck their cars (laughs) all over the place, are, like, the best stock traders on the planet? Yeah. You know? What are the odds? What are the odds? I mean, that's just amazing stuff right there. So we promised you that we would listen to a couple of um, Biden clips from his economic speech. He's preparing for his State of the Union address, right? They're trying to build it all up. And uh, it's absolutely absurd. But let's take a listen to a couple of clips. No president added more to the debt in four years than my president. They've been telling me since I got elected they're going to be in a recession. Every time we've gone, we've gotten better. Where in the hell is it written that says America can't lead the world in manufacturing again? Where is that written? I don't know where it's written. And it's not going to be on my watch. Talk about being deprived of your pride. <laughs> Look at your child. Okay. Child. Yeah. No president added more to the debt in four years than my president. They- <laughs> God, what an idiot. <laughs> he got 81 million votes, my butt. All mm. right, listen. Here's another 16-second clip. Where's Doug? Where's Doug? Congressman. Yeah. Doug, thanks for the passport into town. Doug and I have something in common. Doug, I think you might have been with... Doug knows. Don, look, here's the deal. On my watch, we're taking a different path with Don's help. Don, Don. Where's Doug? <laughs> you hear that at the end? Yeah. The deal. <laughs> On my watch, we're taking a different path with Don's help. So Joe Biden addressed a congressman named Doug yeah. <laughs> in the crowd five times today at a speech in Virginia, but the uh, this was yesterday. Uh, but the end, you learn he was actually referring to Democrat Congressman Tom Byer, mm-hmm. who represents the area. My goodness, man, what a he's out the lunch. He definitely is out the but, lunch. Here, they're lying about a lot of stuff. Um, We're going to take a listen to this clip from Larry Kudlow. Joe Biden and the Democrats are simply incapable of telling the truth. And once again, we're seeing this as they are accusing Republicans in general and House Speaker Kevin McCarthy in particular of wanting to cut Social Security, Medicare and the payment of interest on the federal debt. Now, look at here's Joe Biden yesterday on the budget and the economy. Take a listen. We also want to talk about uh, 
the extreme Republican economic plans. Uh, apparently, they're generally serious about uh, cutting Social Security, cutting Medicare, and uh, I love their 30% sales tax. I have no intention of letting the Republicans wreck our economy, nor does anybody around this table, in my view. Right. That's the economy that has not grown this year and has suffered from uh, the highest inflation rate in 40 years. Whatever. Now, here's some more Democratic blarney after a White House meeting this afternoon. Take a listen to this. We believe in Social Security and Medicare. Extreme America Republicans want to destroy Social Security and Medicare. Do they want to cut Social Security? Do they want to cut Medicare? Do they want to cut veterans benefits? Do they want to cut police? Do they want to cut food for needy kids? What's your plan? Right. Now, here is exactly what Speaker Kevin McCarthy told me last night on this program. Please listen. They're saying you're going to cut Social Security, you're going to cut Medicare, and you're going to default on the uh, interest payments on the bonds. None of that is true. All right. Could he be any clearer? The GOP has no intention of cutting the major entitlements, nor will they ever default on U.S. government debt. You know, the Democrats are playing the big lie game. It's an authoritarian approach. You keep repeating a lie over and over, hoping that people will somehow come to believe it's the truth. Communist dictators have used this tactic since time immemorial. And one more point. Biden and Democrats keep insisting that Republicans are going to double up on a national sales tax. Now, this is the so-called fair tax, which purports to end the income tax and rely solely on a consumption tax. It would be an add-on to state and local sales taxes. Now, look at for uh, many reasons, I've always thought this was not a good idea. Now, here's what Speaker McCarthy said about it last night. See, the White House is yelling, um, the fair tax will put us imposing another sales tax on middle class people and that you want, you're in favor of that. No, all he did was introduce a bill. For a bill to get to the floor, it would have to pass the committee. Right. Well, I actually support uh, sales tax. We're, uh, we know uh, Grover Norquist pretty well. Yeah. And uh, we're, we're going to get him on the show. Uh, we just haven't tried yet, but uh, we're going to get him We've had him on the show in the past. Yeah. But uh, what I was going to say is, is this, we're heading out of Dodge. Visit spectator.org and make sure you check out, look for my new book review. It's a, it's a book review about a book about Edgar Allan Poe, the master of the macabre. So make sure you you check that out. You said out. You, you really were blown away by Edgar Allan Poe, this, this particular book. I, right? No, I liked it a lot. I liked his story um, because it's interesting and tragic. And, you know, I also like the story about Roald Dahl, so the you, author you of Charlie going, and the Chocolate if you, Factory. And if you were to Google Spectator uh, and Leonora Cravota, um, you would find her, you know, she's an Arthur page. She's a writer over there. I'm on the front page too now. So, yeah, so make yeah. sure you visit. Yeah. All right. Spectator.org. All right. Take care uh, for that. And uh, be sure you check that out. Now that brings us to the end. Be sure to use Magapack or check out Magapack.org. Make a donation if you can to support America First policies. Use Red State over at MyPillow. With that, my name's Scott Adams. My name is Leonor Cravota. We'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody.